Don't do it, Sophia. I'm going to use my water bottle as a gavel. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for coming. It's actually 2 o'clock, and we have a quorum, so we'd love to get started. We have a full agenda. Sophia just muted everyone but me. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for being here. Uh, commissioners, let's settle down. Please, I'm going to use my Snoopy bottle as my gavel. Um, very funny. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Guests in the audience. I appreciate y'all. Oh, Commissioner Finn coming on. Well, thank you, sir. Hey, that must be Kate, who I have yes. not met officially. Really? No. This is my first it. meeting. It's a party. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Almost a full house. Almost. Just actually, he's missing. Just jam. Right off away. Ask me back for a second. Hey, Hey, me? Oh, wonderful for full house. Let's get going. Sophia has some announcements and then we'll officially call the meeting to order. Thank you, Billy. Thank you. This meeting is being held in person at City Hall inside hearing room 416. The public is welcome to attend this meeting in person or view and participate online via the WebEx link provided on the agenda. Or you can listen and call in by dialing 415-655-0001 using access code 2664-619-2092, hashtag, and the attendee ID password film or 3456 from your phone. The Film Commission will hear public comment on each action or discussion item in person and remotely by video or call-in. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. For those attending in person, please fill out a speaker card located at the side table by the door. Come up to the podium during public comment. State your name and any affiliations and your comment. Once finished, hand your speaker card to the commission staff behind the podium, my colleague Mark here. If using WebEx to speak, select the raise hand option when it's time for public comment. When unmuted in the system, you will hear a beep and this is your time to speak. If calling by phone, dial star three to be added to the speaker line when your item of interest comes up. The host will recognize you to speak and you will hear you're unmuted. And this is your time to speak. Call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly. Before you speak, mute the sound of any equipment around you, including televisions, radios, and computers. It is especially important that you mute your computer if you are watching via the web link so there is no echo sound when you speak. Thank you so much, Sophia. appreciate you. Um, I am calling the meeting to order. This is the San Francisco Film Commission meeting, September 25th, 2023 meeting. I'm Billy Wong. I'm happy to greet all of y'all. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Sophia will do the roll call, and I do just want to acknowledge that the film office is working to backfill a vacant 1822 position. In the meantime, thank you, Sophia, for supporting the commission meetings and Mark. Both of you. Thank you. Uh, roll call, please. Okay. President Wong. Here. Vice President Steiker. Here. Commissioner Beaumont. Here. Commissioner Goldstein-Breyer. Here. Commissioner Chang. 
Commissioner Delorio. Here. Commissioner Finn. Here. Commissioner Rubin. Here. Can I just say that that's with an I? It's misspelled. Noted. Commissioner Song. Uh, excused. Commissioner Tyler. Here. Thank you. The San Francisco Film Commission and the Film SF staff acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramaytush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramaytush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramaytush Ohlone community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Um, Sophia, would you do the honors of calling the second agenda item? Or actually, we'll do agreements. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Commissioners, thank you for being here and just take a look on the screen and look at the meeting agreements. Um, take a look, remind yourself of what we've agreed to, to keep this a wonderful, active, brave space to talk about all that we want to, to promote filmmaking here in San Francisco. Um, I'm just gonna note for the audience, I do have a laptop up as well as a phone. They are not for texting or anything. I do have my notes here electronically. So thank you all. Make sure you silence your phones if you do have them up and hide them away. Um, just a nod from the commissioners that we're good with these agreements, ready to move on. Thank you so much. This side, Claudine, thank you. Yes. Okay, moving on, um, item number two, Sophia. Moving on to item number two, approval of the minutes. Excellent. You should have seen uh, in your packet the minutes for July 24th, 2023, asking for a motion to move the meeting minutes. So moved. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Commissioner Steiker, Commissioner Delorio. Any commissioner comment on the minutes? No. Not seeing, hearing any. Thank you so much. Um, Public members, thank you again for being here. If you do have a comment, um, there is a comment card that you could put together. Um, and we do want to open it up for any guests who are online as well. So this is a moment for public comment on this item for approving the minutes. Is there any public comment? President Wong, there are no public comments at this time. Thank you so much. Then I will move to a vote on the approving the minutes. So all those in favor, please raise your hand. Say aye. Sophia will do a count to make sure we've got everybody. Got it. Thank you. And there are no notes, correct? Okay. It is approved. The minutes are approved unanimously for July. Thank you so much. Next item, please, Sophia. Moving on to item three, SAG after a presentation. Please welcome Didi Escobedo and Mark Rapaport. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Go so with much Didi. Yes. Thank you. Um, whenever you would like, I'm going to give a little, I'll set the stage and then I'll give you a proper introduction. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Um, thank you so much for having SAC after I here to give an update on our current strike. As you can see, we have a strong contingent here of our strike supporters. Our local president, Catherine Howell, um, member, a local member, Michael Summers. Sure. Local member Michael Summers, who I'm sure you've heard on interviews, he works frequently under this agreement. And then our strike captains, we have Brad Verla, Philip Reyes, and Mark Rappaport. Mark Rappaport has volunteered to speak from a member perspective today. But as a start, I'm happy to run you through a quick presentation just to set the stage of how this all started, where we are now. So uh, on July 14th, SAG-AFTRA called a strike effective that date for TV theatrical and streaming content. Uh, they had been at the bargaining table with the AMPTP, which represents primarily the major studios and networks, including Disney, um, Paramount Universal, Sony, Apple, Amazon, and Netflix, among among their constituent. And uh, as of that date, all feature length films were on strike as well as television series, with the exception of short film, which can proceed, hmm. and independent films that have signed the interim agreement. So I'll get into the details of that, but I'm so excited to see your next presenters because they are among those productions who successfully signed to an uh, interim agreement, so excited for that. <laughs> uh, next slide, please. So the major issues that are affecting this are, um, are rate increases that account for inflation, along with the restructuring of the streaming uh, structure to include revenue sharing, AI consent and compensation, and protections for performers. And basically, from my perspective, it breaks down to three major C's. So if we go to compensation, consent, and collaboration, you can go to the next slide. Just as a reiteration, when we talk about these major issues, they are only affecting the struck work. So feature length films, all commercials are, can proceed since they're on a separate contract, as can corporate educational videos, Currently, video games, although uh, they are currently re-bargaining their strike and they go back to the table tomorrow and there is a strike order out today, a strike authorization vote that is due back from our membership at 5 o'clock tonight. And as you will see, there are parallel issues when it comes to AI and compensation that they are going through. Um, but specifically for series and um, film feature-length films, compensation is one of the big things. We can go to the next slide. So typically you would hear about a 5% raise in most rebargain contracts, right? Over a three-year cycle, about 5% or less every year of the cycle. However, if our members were to agree to that, they would be making less in real dollars at the end of the three-year contract than they are today. So the ask for an 11% increase in the first year is gonna help close that gap. And additionally, residuals are already built on the concept of paying performers a part of the profit that their performance generates. So when streaming was first introduced, 
the technology was such an ancillary thing that flat rate structure made sense. But with streaming now becoming the primary means of distribution, performers aren't earning their fair share of the revenue generated, and the studios won't even agree to disclose their analytics. So Michael often shares a great example when he's interviewed about this. He'll say, you know, I did an independent film, sorry to bother you, and shortly after I was booked on Matrix 4. He is earning more residuals from Sorry to Bother You than he's earning from Matrix 4, which is primarily distributed on streaming platforms. So much to the point that it's affecting his ability to even qualify for healthcare. So we're really out of whack the way that our contract is structured. And the next big issue is consent. So our negotiating committee is not requiring AI technology be prohibitive. Rather, they want consent to happen at the time of use and the ability for the performer to negotiate for compensation. As it is right now, the AMPTP wants consent at the time of hire, which essentially would give them a blank check, would allow them rights in perpetuity to capture somebody's likeness, their performance, their voice, and be able to use it. And when you think about the potential impact, there are so many films and series that have so much longevity. Think of the Marvel series now. Think of all these people who started on one day. And actually, Michael, to cite you one more time, what he did another series for Netflix when he was hired for one episode and they liked his character so much, they liked his performance so much, they wrote him in for subsequent seasons. If that kind of technology was in place at that time, would he have been rehired? And the idea, too, is that this has a far-reaching impact, not just for performers, but for all of the industry that relies on sessions, including permitting and post-production and craft services and craft, you know, all cast and crew are affected if the number of session days gets reduced and everything is computer generated. So this is why it's a very um, poignant time right now for us to be looking at this technology and why they're also looking at it for the interactive agreement, which covers video games. And the last point is collaboration. So this is why our members are here to answer any questions or concerns or comments you have because this is very collaborative industry. This is artistry that merits that kind of collaboration. And all we're asking is that the AMPTP return to the table. Now they've done so with the WGA and luckily, as of last night, the WGA and the AMPTP have reached a tentative agreement. Technically, they're all still on strike. We're still on strike, um, but the WGA still has to have their board approve it, go through member ratification. Catherine Howell, our president, has served on past negotiating committees. She can tell you the whole process if you have any questions about how it affects ours, but normally we do consecutive bargaining. So what we're asking is that SAG-AFTRA have AMPTP come back to the table and negotiate with us. And next slide, if you're wondering how you can support Individuals can support the SAG after strike by encouraging that return to the bargaining table and in the meantime hold the line. 
Additionally, there are nonprofit organizations that have started strike funds, including the SAG Foundation and the uh, Entertainment Community Fund. Sorry, I'm still learning their new term. And, um, and that's giving a lot of financial support to cast and crew who've been affected during the strike. And similarly, we're asking for supportive legislation. Right now, there's a bill on the governor's desk that was overwhelmingly approved, but it is awaiting his signature to allow for unemployment benefits to, for workers who are on strike. So it's a convergence of a number of issues that are affecting everybody. And I think Mark uh, volunteered to speak today because he has a unique perspective as a member who's had a very successful career and and has worked globally. I'll let you give you I'll let him give you his bio, but I think he offers a tremendous perspective on this. So Mark, I'll let you start. Thank you. Sir. Hello. Hello. My name is Mark Rappaport, and I've been a principal member of the Screen Actors Guild for 34 years. I started my career in San Francisco, working with different companies like Chris Wayless, ILM. Um, and then when the work got slow here, I moved to Los Angeles. There I spent uh, 34 years, uh, and you've never seen my face on film, even though I've worked on hundreds of commercials, uh, hundreds of TV shows, and dozens of films. Films like The Revenant, Lone Ranger, Last Samurai, Babylon, because I'm a union puppeteer. And what, there's not that many union puppeteers, but luckily we've been doing very well uh, based on the films that have been coming through. Even though they're international, I've traveled to many countries, the work under the Screen Actors Guild, which has been uh, eye-opening for me to see how other countries deal with labor and they don't deal with it very well. They're uh, in Japan, you show up and you work, but if you don't work, you don't get paid. Even if you spend the whole day there, you don't get paid. You, your work starts when the director shows up. So if the director had you there at eight o'clock in the morning, you don't get to, and he shows up at five o'clock in the evening, you don't get to start charging until five o'clock in the evening. So that's some of the things we've run into. We were uh, we went to China for the wall. It was going to be union, and it was kind of a ruse. They got us there. They looked at what we built, and they said, "Oh no, we're not going union. We're going to send you all home." So everybody went home who was saying you had to be union, and then we found out that you know the film was made. It was a you know it's it's something that you fight with. You try to discuss it, and but money becomes really the final issue it seemed to me though anyhow so i just have something here i put together i wanted to read for you um so like i said i did uh, babylon jurassic world the last samurai the revenant um i'm here to talk about my experiences with creature effects my company and being a puppeteer and in 2007 the writers guild went on strike which we were glad they did but for even though it was a two month strike, a month before the strike, everything slowed down. And a month after the strike, people were just wrapping back up. So we really had four months of no work, not being able to pay our, you know, pay our bills. Uh, look, I almost lost my, my shop. I almost lost my home. Uh, but 
things changed and turned around and it's a it's a shared pain that we all being in unions and the UAW I mean every Teamsters they had a, a harsh working uh, they went to Sacramento hoping that Gavin Newsom would sign a bill he didn't do it he didn't uh, and this really gets to the point of AI where is AI going and what's it going to do to us so Like I said, we're a family. Uh, the, the union that uh, has saved me many times from, uh, I have somebody to call on when I'm not being paid. And I work, you know, TV shows, the NCIS, uh, 911, Lone Star. Suddenly they come up with a, they said, oh no, we're not, you weren't really, you puppeteered, but you know, we don't, we're not gonna pay you the residuals on that. And I said, and I, so I have to call up the Screen Actors Guild and they send representation to the set to say, look at, we are more than just Mark. We are all your actors. And that's the difference. I mean, they if, if I tried to, to force my way into a set, they'd throw me off. They would hold on to my, which they have. We built a shark. We built horses. We've done all these different things for these films. But the producers become very aggressive. And without the Connectors Guild backing us up, being there for us, uh, we would have fallen and our business would have closed many times. But I'm also here to talk about AI. And I'm also a member of the Academy, and the branch I'm in is the VFX branch of the Academy. And so I, after the strike started and hearing about AI, I started reaching out to the, the VFX people from the Academy who've been doing all the films for so many years and what they thought about AI. And some of them said, Oh, this is just another tool in our toolbox. But many of them said, we do not know where this is going. This is, they're gonna, people who do rotoscoping, all those people you see the crawl that goes uh, on the, the big movies that have lots of big budgets, a lot of those people will be gone. And that's just the beginning with AI. AI is a very, it teaches itself, it uses, it can, uh, it's the RAM that it needs. It starts, it's fast, it's intelligent. And it'll, it will replace many people. And over the time, we're not going to be, uh, it's just, it, 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 why will they need actors? Why will they need lighting? Why will they need sound? All that can be done later on in AI. You say, well, it needs a creative touch of a human. Maybe. But maybe people will just like animation became more computerized for a while. People accepted it. It's much better now. Um, I'm, I, I get excited to see the new animation that comes out, but for a long time it was, and people became used to, at least I think the children became used to, poor animation, poor uh, CGI or VFX. So, um, and that's where I feel we're at. We're on a precipice. We're at a junction where if we allow AI to be unregulated in our business, we will not only lose uh, the jobs of all these people that will buy the cars, who buy the houses, that we, it'll, uh, it'll sell short the creative process that now will be taken over by a AI computer self-taught. And I don't know if anybody has any questions, but uh, I've been doing this a long time and I do see changes. So I just wanna 
Um, thank you for coming and for your presentation and DD. If we do open up for questions, I just want to honor the end of your presentation and then to open it up for commissioner sure. questions. So just want to give you the opportunity if there are any other words on that, and then let's open up for questions. I think I butchered that enough. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, go ahead, Commissioner Rubin. Yeah, I, you're, you're obviously, I mean, this is a, a, an inflection point. I mean, that's what people, the word people are using. Um, um, not unlike what happened with the railroads when they went from coal to diesel. Uh, and lots of people lost their jobs. And there was a whole big thing about feather bedding, as you know, and all of that stuff. Um, I, I have been trying to figure out what kind of metric the union was going to use in these negotiations since nobody knows what AI is going to be, um, except that it will be inevitable, it will inevitably knock people off the payroll. And probably given the way commerce and capitalism work, result in a, a lower quality product, um, which is extremely, you know, really regrettable. Um, um the, the the notion of um negotiating the use of your image each time as opposed to at the beginning is a really good idea i agree i mean that's a really good idea i hadn't even thought of that mm -hmm. but um at, at some point they're just going to be inventing images one assumes or using images of people who are no longer with us and have no power to whether whether the estate of Clark Gable or Humphrey Bogart or what, um, so how, and and I'm totally in sympathy with with you, but I, I'm really wondering how to construct a contract that covers, you know, a future that nobody can. Well, we all have intellectual property rights of ourselves, and I think if we, my feeling is the way things are going, we have to regulate it for the humans because if it was only going to affect actors you know we're just expendable i don't expect people to suffer and bleed with us just like you're talking about the railroads but it's going to affect transportation trucking airlines when you start seeing who's going to buy the, the new cars and new houses when all those people don't have work and who's going to be rich and who's going to be poor well i know it's going to be rich it's not going to be the people who do the labor and you know i think we have to it's going to be I remember I traveled in many poor countries and you have the very rich and the very poor. And is that going to happen here? I don't know. It worries me. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering how the, how you're going to construct a contract in real time that's going to deal with. I think Didi is the person who might. Yeah. Right, your turn. Great explanation of the overview. I think uh, we actually have an example in our commercials contract, which was negotiated last year. Uh, renegotiated where it's uh, digital replicas are prohibited without uh, compensation following the same compensation as though the performer did the work that day because they did the initial work on it and the advertiser is still benefiting from their likeness. So that is already been addressed in one of our contract areas. So I think we're looking at 
how that's going to cross over to our other agreements, including TV theatrical. And like I said, interactive video games, there's a lot of performance capture that happens um, for those now. And so they're, they're looking at that being a major subject of bargaining as they resume their talks tomorrow as well. And all the craft services and all of that, how's that going to work? Well, I think the idea is that for commercials contract, they they still set up an initial session and they do their initial shoot date. So everybody who's reliant on those shoots are still performing their services. It It's just that we've built it into the performance contract that any additional use of that imagery still gets paid the same residual base as it would under the commercials contract. So it would be the same concept for TV theatrical. Thank you. Thank you. If that addresses your question. And if, if you don't mind, I think Brad wanted to speak to one other issue with AI, but I'm happy to accept any questions. that for a second? Sure. Yeah, Commissioner Tyler has a question. I wanted to ask if this tentative agreement with WGA, if that puts pressure on SAG-AFTRA to capitulate, or do you think it gives you more bargaining power? Personally, I can't speak for the mindset of the negotiating committee, but I can say personally, I think that it gives us more bargaining power in the sense that, um, and actually Catherine can speak to this better, but uh, typically when this contract becomes renewed or comes up for expiration and renewal every three years, we typically go in the sequence where WGA, DGA, and then SAG-AFTRA negotiate. So we we are usually part of a consecutive bargaining process. And once they kind of have everything in place, usually SAG-AFTRA is the last to complete the bargaining. So it would, it would hold true to that. I think um, in another sense, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they've arrived at and what the studio's position is and how how they were able to meet in the middle to see how that informs any resumption of bargaining. But as far as SAG-AFTRA is concerned, we've we've left our proposals on the table. It's it's the AMPTP who has not come back to to bargain in good faith. Good to know. Commissioners, do you have? Yes, Commissioner DeLorio. Yeah, hi, Dini. Hi, Tony. I just want to first of all say um, thank you for inviting me to speak last month to the steps of, of City Hall. It's great Monday to have I was there, obviously, in support. I felt like Commissioner Finn. I felt like a hype man for those <laughs> few minutes you gave me. He was out of the country, so I was him for You did um, get the biggest round of applause, yes. I didn't say it, yeah. <laughs> but this isn't about. Is that because you were speaking for Franco? No, I paid everybody off for um, but and uh, Mr. Rappaport hit it on the head, not to put the attention on the Teamsters, but very similar. AV is AI, right? The autonomous vehicles. And as you mentioned, um, sadly, but truly uh, Tuesday, we were all thousands of, of Teamsters labor and community was at the steps of the state capitol and the, the governor. Um, didn't even sit on it for a while and pretend that he was going to consider it, right? It was just Friday night, here's the veto, which is a not only a slap in the face to labor, but to communities. I think every individual that lives in California, right? And so AI, in a sense, the connection with AI and AV is, and you, you made a good point when you said that it's unregulated. They're, this is putting it out to test on our streets. They say the word test. 
So I always related to as a little kid, my parents taking me to Disneyland and driving on Highway 5. All those trucks are going to be autonomous, 100,000 pounds, unregulated tested with our children, our grandchildren, all at risk, right? And if there's any indication of what's happening now, as San Francisco's become the testing grounds and the guinea pigs for, for everybody, we have the small sample of, of Waymo and Cruz out there. They weigh about three, 4,000 pounds. And look at the damage that that's doing and being ignored. Um, and unfortunately, our elected officials in the city have no say. They're getting hammered because people are uneducated. And if I wasn't involved, I would have been uneducated. It's the state administration, the CPUC, the DMV that just is controlled by our governor and he just appoints and, and, and does what they want. Right? And so, you know, I, I understand your concern of the AI. It's, it's no joke and, it, and it's coming. And it was interesting. I was just the other night, I'm flipping through the channels late at night and iRobot was on that movie. How scary is that? That that was 2004. And it's saying that 2035, no, we're, that, that's more looking like 2025, the way things are going. And so, um, you know, just want to, you know, let you guys know that to hopefully, whatever you do, as you know, representing the Teamsters, we, we support you in any way. Um, I do want to quickly say, if I give my card, I'd love to donate from my organization wherever I can. I know you threw a few things up, so I'll make sure I get you my card to get me something there. But um, lastly, I just want to, uh, Commissioner Rubin brought up, We've we've seen this coming a few years ago, and obviously, if you're going to have the governor completely go against you, it's hard what to do. But we we've, we've put sections in our CBAs on technological change, um, and that's been helpful. And I'd be glad to share that with all of you. Um, you know, it might be a little different, but it's for the most part the substance, the 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 layer of it is 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 protects you about as much as you can. Um, so be glad to do that. And then I'm hearing just as our. Uh, uh, bill was vetoed in less than 72 hours. Again, what, what does that say? Um, I'm hearing that he's going to veto the, the unemployment. Um, is that, I'm sure that's what you guys are hearing too. You know which one? The, the one for the striking workers receiving unemployment. So I, I don't know if he's running for president or running for prison, but um, either way, it's, it's I don't know what, what the heck he's doing, but um, you know, we're behind you. And I think that it's really, scary that, that that AI is here and they're going to do all the things you're saying and using, you know, less workforce. And what is that going to say with with our communities, our work? If there's no middle class, the rich could be rich, but if there's no middle class, what what's going to happen with our country? And, you know, may not affect us, but our kids and grandkids are going to be dealt with it. So we have to do something now about it. So, but thank you. Appreciate everything. Thank you so much, Commissioner Deloria. Definitely appreciate the education that you're giving us. So thank you for organizing all the slides in a succinct way with all your C's. Commissioner Beaumont. Real quick, before you run off, <laughs> uh, just real quick, I, uh, I'm a business agent for IOTSI also, right? So we support you definitely. Thank you. I was just wondering if you had a breakdown on how the strike has affected Northern California. They sent out everything for California and the United States. Well, I will plan to come back for the public comment section and give the production report that I usually give. And you'll see from that report the, the distinction in hires from this year as opposed to last year. Um, although I do have to commend Dos for employing quite a few of our local members on um, their production. And I think, again, that just reinforces that the productions that wanted proceed at the, the rates and terms that we last proposed are successfully doing so. So while we 
don't have the full swing of work happening. We do have those who have successfully committed in that sense. Is that answering your question, Commissioner? A little bit, but it was just mostly my question is stems from we do a lot of work to try to get film work here for over the last few years. It's been really tough to get them to come north of Ventura. So yeah. it's kind of, you know, it's, you know, it, it really hasn't affected my local as much because we didn't have any productions here, whether it's television or motion pictures, like an ass. I, I hear you there that there's, I mean, we've certainly, our offices have been in conversation with the film SF, which is why I'm proudly wearing the hat, <laughs> because there really is the sense of we're all in it together to encourage more work here to begin with, right? Um, and to incentivize more work here as much as we can think creatively around the constraints of the, the statewide incentives. Right. And, and then just to add into the unemployment thing, it would, uh, even if the governor does sign it, it will, it will be too late. It would not start until 2024. So it's more of a long-term right. decision on that. Yeah. Thank you for, for noting that. Um, I think our our idea is that these. I think Mark spoke to beautifully that we're. It's a pain point for everybody involved, and what's already a shrinking industry. It's a pain point when you go out on strike. So, what kind of infrastructure do we have available for our middle class working actors? I mean, they're called working actors. We're not talking about the. We're talking about all of our performers, but people don't tend to think of the working performers who work day in, day out, and who have the time or are spending time just expending their own energy and resources just to get the opportunity. So um, I think uh, I think we're all in it in that sense together, and hopefully we can lift it up for everybody. Yeah. Yes, uh, Commissioner Steiker. This may be more of a comment than a question, Didi, okay? Um, I turned to Vili a minute ago and I said, I think I might cause some trouble today. Um, but she knows me well enough to know that typically that's more like the John Lewis school of good trouble as opposed to negative trouble, like my buddy over here um, can tend to cause. There is, um, there's a theory that I learned about a while ago. It's called the Stockdale Paradox. And the Stockdale Paradox was developed by an admiral who was a um, prisoner of war in Vietnam who realized after years of being in the POW camp that um, there were two types of people who generally died sooner than everybody else. One type of people were those people who were unbelievably optimistic, said by Christmas, I'm gonna be home, by Easter, I'm gonna be home, by summer, I'm gonna be home, and they tended to die of a broken heart. The other people that tended to die sooner rather than later were the people who were completely hopeless, okay? The Stockdale paradox basically says, keep one foot grounded in the present and keep another foot firmly looking towards and facing towards the future. So I have unbelievable empathy for what Commissioner Rubin stated earlier and, and Mr. Rappaport, what you were sharing earlier as well. I work in the advertising industry. Um, a lot of my friends, colleagues are also very, very fearful of what AI is going to represent moving forward. Um, and I also am, a, to some extent, a student of consumer populations as well. And so I see that there is a natural default that we often have 
towards comfort and towards convenience, towards laziness, maybe, where we just simply want it easy. And John, to your point, that means that oftentimes we settle for something less than what we want. But I am also, given the Stockdale paradox, I am also someone who believes that we also have a natural default towards wonder and towards curiosity and towards greatness. And so it sounds unbelievably optimistic and maybe even naive of me to say, but I don't think that art or artists are going to go away. Um, I think they are going to be reimagined just as they have been reimagined at every phase of new media that comes along. And that, that as Charles Darwin said, and by the way, I just wanna comment, John Lewis, Winston Churchill, um, and, uh, and Charles Darwin, that's a pretty good quote record. Um, Charles Darwin was not talking about only the strong survive, but talking about the most adaptable that survive. And so I think that it's incumbent upon anyone in the artist community, writer, performer, puppeteer, musician, et cetera, that you have to adapt in order to adjust to whatever this new normal is gonna be. And by the way, none of us know what that's going to be, so stay adaptable. That's all I got. Thank you. I do have to commend this is why I love working with performers because I've seen many of these people's careers evolve over the decades and they've been extremely adaptable regardless of how much work is here, how little work is here, where the work goes. This is a multidisciplined artist market. And we're excited to be working with a commission that is also reliant on multiple streams of production and see where the new era takes us. I, I do think the product suffers though. I mean, someone with a television background, I know when they brought in robots instead of people handling the cameras in the studios and when they did away with teleprompter operators and the anchors had to do it themselves, the product suffers. The sad thing is people get used to it. The audience gets used to it being dumbed down or not having the same quality. And eventually it, it's no big deal. So I worry about things like that. And I think your message during the, the strike in some ways has not really gotten out to the general public because we can still go on NetStream and there's such a a backlog of, of shows to watch and they're not hearing about actors who can't make the minimum of $27,000 a year to have health coverage. They're thinking of, you know, Tom Cruise or they, they think everybody is a greedy, you know, multimillionaire. And I wish somehow that message had gotten out there more that it's about, as you said, working actors who are in danger of losing their homes and their, their livelihoods. Their healthcare. Healthcare, absolutely. Thank you for saying that. And I think with that comment in mind of where we are now, but looking ahead, and I won't take too much more time, but the idea that um, even with the WGA reaching a tentative agreement and hopefully SAG-AFTRA can reach something, look how quickly it changed. This wasn't even addressed in, well, it was partly addressed, but we didn't expect to be addressing it this quickly in this round of bargaining. The technology has moved so quickly. So I think with one foot looking forward is even if everything settles by the next time this 
this commission needs. We don't want the public to go back to being anesthetized with Netflix and chill. There is a larger movement going on among the labor unions about at least have the conversation about what AI is going to do, at least have the conversation about how do humans work in conjunction with this technology without completely doing ourselves away or accepting lesser value or quality of life. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Last thing. Last thing. Yeah. Um, um, not to gild the lily, but what's happening. I mean, you guys are the thin edge of the thin end of the wedge here. I mean, what you're doing is profoundly important. This is the first pushback against AI across the entire uh, universe of labor, of of everything. I mean, I think what you're doing is incredibly important. I mean, you know. Across, I mean, universally, I, I I don't know how to how to overstate it. Um, so, I mean, thank you, because you guys are really you're holding the line. I mean, you're you're the first people that really are pushing back. So, thank you. I thank mean, you. Really, thank you. Yeah. I fear we're the canary in the coal mine, but mm -hmm. hopefully we can change course. So, thank you. Yes. Thank you again. We we definitely appreciate you. Thank you. I, I just want to add, I know as a commission, we haven't been able to make a commission statement, but however you see there are many individuals who are obviously um, they care. I would go one step further from what our fellow commissioners are talking about and Commissioner Rubin, um, you know, in the art world, historically, um, the capitalist system does not work. And I work 24 7 around representation and those who have not been seen or heard um, or paid. Right? So I think to the extent we're talking about technology and the changes that have happened over decades um, and centuries that this is an interesting moment to really challenge the system in which we all work and care about on the 1 hand. Um, representation by independent films have always been here as well, but I do think the inflection point is around how, how we as humans are being paid. We as artists are being paid. We as humans with many diverse backgrounds are being seen. So in that, I unite with you with my other hat also on the Bay Cat side, um, but I do think this is a pivotal moment, so I appreciate that. I see you are standing. Do you want to make a comment before we close this? Thank you so much. Yeah, and, and please Mr. introduce yourself. I am Brad Burla. I'm a longtime member of the Screen Actors Guild. I'm 4,000 years old. Um, Mr. Rubin, thank you very much for the recognition of where we stand in terms of the leading edge. Um, it, it, it is not always comfortable up here, but it, it's nice to be recognized. And Ms. Tyler, I would love to be a, a greedy multimillionaire and anytime once somebody wants to uh, nominate me for that. One of the things that I think everybody understands here intellectually, but I think emotionally people miss, is that whereas our brothers and sisters in the UAW are on strike today, their jobs and their careers are often with one company for their entire career. Every single experience that you've heard talked about here represents another hustle. It's, it's another 10 phone calls to an agent. 
It's it's another 10 years working training. Um, it's it's another hustling your headshots here sideways. It's going to parties you don't want to go to. It's talking to people you don't want to think about. And and then you get the gig. And then you show up and you have somebody say, oh, by the way, yeah, we're not going to pay you as much as we think we ought to. You know, you, you probably should be paid. And we're also going to copy your likeness and use it any way you want to. And where it comes down to this this body, I mean, you you have to ask yourself, okay, if if I can film a, a car chase going across Golden Gate Bridge and ripping through San Francisco, why do I need a film commission if I don't have to leave my office in in Los Angeles to do that? So it's going to impact everything across the every industry that we have, and I I firmly. Express my thanks and gratitude to you guys for recognizing the issues that we're up against. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. All right. Appreciate all the input from everyone here. Thank you. Um, this is a moment to also open this up for public comment. Um, so, members, if you are online, please follow uh, the. You could uh, press the uh, hand icon on the WebEx app. Um, or call in and dial star three. Um, and for the members in the audience, if you wish to speak up, um, there are the speaker cards. Or for this, we could actually just have them come up to the podium. Yes. Yes. Okay. Come on up, Kathleen. Thank you so much. And thank you for introducing yourself. That's all people here. Who <laughs> do? I'm not sure. I don't want to break it. There you go. Um, I just worry so much about our art form and the, the fact that people think they can replace the acting with AI. I mean, you can do dialogue, but to me, what acting on film is, it's what happens behind your eyes. I mean, if you think about films, in the past, you can just conjure up an image of whether it's Bogart and McCall or Catherine Hepburn or Cary Grant. And a moment in that film where you know what's happening behind their eyes. And you relate to that. And I just don't see how AI can possibly recreate anything as special as that. Just had to say that. Thank you. Um, thank you so much. Any other public comment? You do have one online. Thank you. Hello. I just, okay, go ahead. I just wanted to say that we in the business uh, need to look at what technology has done to the music business. You know, big studios have failed, home studios took over, and now you can make music on your tablet and even on your phone. Um, the new trend right now in the record business is uh, companies that are giving their artists their publishing back. That was unheard of years ago. And the reason why they're doing it is because the publishing is worth $0 right now for most people, unless you're like Taylor Swift or some, you know, Jay-Z or some of these big artists, you're not making any money because the streaming services like YouTube and Instagram and our, you know, all these other places, the formula for paying artists is nothing compared to what it was when you were getting records spent on the, you know, on the radio and stuff like that. 
now artists can't get placement in films for music and stuff like that because the sync royalty prices are going down and they're using licenses. You know, so if you guys aren't, I think everyone needs to be a lot more fearful of what's really happening because this AI stuff is going to do exactly the same thing to film and video that would happen to music. Just take a good look at it. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Are there any other public comments? Uh, quite briefly, I'm Michael Summers, actor on strike with SAG-AFTRA, and I've been doing a fair amount of uh, uh, cross-union work, I should say, at some interviews and stuff where multiple unions were represented. And the thing that stuck out to me the most, and I'm talking about the teachers' union, and I forget what the name of the teachers of the high schools were, uh, but the UAW at the Cal and the Cal State, as well as the uh, healthcare workers, the SEIU, UHW. I was noticing all of these three different unions kept saying a similar thing, which yes, we are looking, of course, for fair compensation and better pay. But you kept hearing over and over, we want to teach, the teachers were saying. We want to do good work. And we are being hindered from doing this. The healthcare workers were saying the exact same thing. They're saying, like, you talk to a healthcare worker, and they just want to provide good healthcare, and they're being hindered from this. And I think what Catherine was just saying, and what we are also saying is, yes, we want fair pay, but we want to do our jobs. It's not just about pay. Human beings, in my opinion, want to do good work. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Martin. Thank you so much. Any other public comment on this matter for today? <laughs> for this moment, for this agenda item, let's be very specific. Anything else, Sophia, that you see? There are no public comments online. Thank you. And so we will close uh, public comment for this item. Appreciate everybody being here and for everybody's voices and those unheard that were represented today. Um, there, let us move on to the next item, agenda item four. Moving on to item four, production spotlight on dos lados. Please welcome Megan Carlson and Kelly Tom. Thank you so much. Come right up. Appreciate you being here. Got my notes on my computer, so excuse that. And please introduce yourselves as you speak. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. I'm Megan Carlson. I'm the producer of Dos Lados. Hi, and I'm Kelly Tom. I'm the location manager for Dos Lados. Let's make sure we could get you in front of a mic. Does that other mic work? It does. Hello. Okay, great. Um, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for having us. It's incredibly um, important and meaningful that we have the space to represent independent cinema. Um, on that note, I will say I'm aware of the fact that there's multiple types of filming that occur in the city, commercial, documentary, features, and television. I'm here representing an independent feature, and as such, we were independently financed, so we did not have any contracts with the AMTPT, so we were very happy to partner with SAG. Um, they went on strike in the middle of July, and we signed, uh, we applied for an interim agreement the same day, and we're granted an interim agreement within a week. So um, we were already in production, and uh, let me go back a bit. 
this movie was brought to San Francisco as it originally been planned to be shooting in the Midwest. And the idea of shooting in San Francisco was pitched to um, the writer-director, Michelle Franco, who is based in Mexico City. Um, he came here and within days of spending time with myself and various film members, he was sold creatively to shoot the film here. Um, he needed to be convinced that economically and budgetarily it would be feasible. Um, we had a wonderful meeting with Mani and Sophia and the film commission, and the next day we committed to filming here. Um, we're a tiny tier zero independent film. Um, we signed contracts, we're all union, we signed contracts and agreements with IOTC, Teamsters, and SAG. Um, we are a small, small film. We shot 75% of it in San Francisco, 75% of our crew was from San Francisco, 75% um, of our cast was here, um, mainly bigger uh, movie stars that were attached, which you've, you've read. Um, we shot 20 of our 22 days of our schedule in San Francisco. Um, two days, one day was shot out in Patterson, one day was shot um, out in, um, in uh, Bonega Bay and Marshall. Um, the, I'd say the main departments besides the Film Commission, we worked with uh, the Port of San Francisco, both um, as, an, as a location. We worked with Parks and Rec, which were incredible. Um, we worked with the Sheriff's Department. Um, our main locations that we used through to monetize the rebate were the De Young Museum, the Herbst Theater, and the Hall of Justice. Um, these were crucial creative choices from our director that were needed to, to um, shoot the film here. Um, I say we were able to do this because of the rebate. As I mentioned earlier, we came here and um, as we all know, there's this perception that it's expensive to shoot in San Francisco. Um, I've I lived and worked in LA for 14 years. I've shot internationally. I don't find San Francisco to be any more expensive to shoot. There are issues with the city that are not just confined to the film business, um, mainly housing, transportation, um, disparity in wages. Uh, we've been able to work through that. Um, I think we were able to we were able to shoot on 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 time and under budget. And I've got a producer and a director who are based in Mexico City who left the city extremely happy. We have a beautiful film that I think all of you are going to be extremely extremely proud of. Um, I think it's going to be a film that's shown on the national stage that will make us very proud. Um, as a producer, I'm proud of the figures I just shared with you in regards to um, the amount of people we were able to employ. We had over 100 SAG performers that we employed, both uh, day players, background, and featured players. Um, I'm, I think there's a robust film community here. I'm also a board member at the Roxy Cinema. So um, you're preaching to the choir when you speak to me in regards to the feasibility of shooting here. Um, there are some things I think can be improved upon, which I could share with you, but I'd like to just overall say it was a joy to shoot here. Um, we shot it safely within two strikes and at the end of COVID. So I and on a very small budget within the city. Again, we shot this in San Francisco, not in any other county, but in San Francisco. Um, and it's a beautiful, incredibly powerful film with incredible message. Um, I'm gonna turn the mic over here now to Kelly, who is an integral part of our team in regards to locations. I think all of you know how important a location manager is. Um, they're the, the key person that's brought on, usually first after a producer to uh, break down the script, to, to um, work with the director in regards to locations and then working with the city where we're shooting not only in regards to permitting and safety, but also um, for us, it was incredibly important that we monetize the rebate. It was really 
when you produce a film of this size, the margins are very, very small. So a rebate of this size enabled us to shoot here. And a lot of that fell on Kelly and her department's shoulders. So um, I'm eternally grateful for our locations department. So I'm gonna let her explain to you guys how important that was in her process and, um, and go into locations for a second. Well, thank you, Megan. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what else to say on top of that. Um, Can you step closer to the mic? Or maybe to the other mic? Wait, yeah. yeah, for a second. Okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Hello. Okay. Um, so I have been in the locations department in the San Francisco Bay Area probably for about 10 years now. Um, I started my first feature and my first shows were here in San Francisco, and now I've worked my way up that this was actually my very first location managing job. So thank you, Megan, for that. So it's not, I kind of see it as something that's very similar to event planning. So everything that I do requires a permit. If I want to go to a cafe, for example, I go and, you know, I speak to the owner and like, hi, how are you? My name is so-and-so. I'm working on a, on an independent project, you know, you kind of tell them what's going on and we work our way from that. And so then what I do is I bring it back to my director, my producers, my writers to see if that's the vision that they want. And so then with that, then I go over to Monty and Sophia and all the lovely people at the film office and be like, hey, I want to shoot here on this date. What do I need to do so I can get my entire crew there? Um, and then we just work our way through that. I do the entire permitting process, which not going to lie, it's a little long, but I understand why. There's a lot of details that you want to get through and that you don't want to go into a neighborhood and feel like the neighborhood was just bamboozled at all. You know, you want to give them every single detail as much as you can without giving away what your project actually is. Um, and so we shot maybe what, 17 different locations, I think. 18, 18 different locations within San Francisco, multiple locations a day. I think we had maybe three days where we were just stationary, which was very good. My department ran like crazy. Um, Cause when you have three different Let's just say you have three different locations a day. You start your day very early, you shoot there, and then you have to company move everyone and you have to do that several times and that's all very time consuming. And with that, you have to make sure that the neighborhoods are okay, your, um, all your location reps are okay, your team is okay, and then your crew is there doing what they need to do. And on top of that, making sure that they get to those places, you have to make sure that we have all those little minutia details of Where's the bathroom? Where are we parking? Where are we going to have lunch? What's for lunch? All those fun little things. So I'm that person that does all the little logistics of making sure my crew gets there and is comfortable and that we can do everything that we need to do safely, comfortably, and successfully. Um, yeah. It was Thank very, so it was a lot. Was yeah. Definitely appreciate you two presenting. Can't wait to see. And I, I see there's some pictures up here. Um, oh, do you want to make any? Do you want to note any of the pictures? How many are there? Are there a few? I, I think there's okay. We're, okay. Yeah. Sorry, we're um we're in post production and um we had a very strict no social media, no photography on the set. Um, our director is incredibly um method, I'd say. I don't know if that's the right term for director, but um, we had no cell phones, so there was no photography on the set. He likes to have the directors, excuse me, the actors working with the director and feeling they're in the moment. So this was um, when we had a visit from Sophia with our lead actor, um, Isaac Hernandez, who's the principal dancer at the ballet, and that's in the hallway at um, Herb's Theater. Which Very special. Incredible location. 
Thank you. Thank you. So do, do the commissioners have any questions for us? Um, Thank you. You're doing my job. I was yeah. just going to open right. it up for Sorry. Sorry. comment. No, I do. I do want to say someplace in there was also a huge compliment. Um, and I just want to note it that it was a process to make the decision to film here because you were not going to film here. So I do want to give it up to Manijay and Sophia who are named as you were talking about this, that it took education and convincing but then once that was done there was the rebate program which is a structure i know the commission has worked really hard to keep going so um with that said thank you and and billy can i add to that it doesn't end with the um green light as we say in the film industry it was a continued process um we because of the strike we shut down and we lost essentially 10 days of prep which is when you're it's when you're um working with people like Kelly and your casting and your locations and different departments. And so we didn't have these locations all locked when we started. So within our 22 days of shooting, we relied heavily on this office to help us continue to secure locations, um, to work with SFPD for security, which we can get into as well, um, and continue to work with them to essentially continue to prep the movie while we were shooting it. So it was, it was amazing. And they all wear the SF film hat. They are fighting over it down in Mexico City. So we have to send them some more. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Let's open it up for commissioners. I'll start on this end. Commissioner Chin. Yes. Um, this is excellent. This is like a success story, right, for us. How can we amplify this yes, more? As absolutely. Commissioner Tyler was talking about, add this to a roster of testimonials that this city is amazing to shoot. The experience was great. The rebates were great. Like we need more of these and stockpiling it. So we can say, look, there's more of this coming and it'll hopefully be, be a snowball effect. Like I'm just putting it out there, but this is great. I mean, I'm excited. I want to see this film even more now. Yeah. Right? You know, especially if 75% was shot in San Francisco, we're going to be looking for places. Right. Absolutely. Um, so that's just what I wanted to say and add. Excellent. Yes. Um, and we'll talk about release date or planned bef before we sure. leave today. Um, commissioners, we had a question on the side. Troublemaker Stiker, go for it. Um, <laughs> thank you. You mentioned, Megan, um, as you started to talk, that there were some challenges, I think was the word you used, and that you'd be happy to talk about those. Are, there's any, are, those, are those appropriate to raise today in this forum, or is that a separate conversation that you're having with Monty and Sophia? Which is fine, by the way, either way. I think both. To be honest, I, okay. I think initially to get to Commissioner Finn's comment, um, I I personally I'd like to see this publicized more. I think your your the budget needs to be larger. I think there needs to be ramp, ramping up the of the website. I think numerous people are not aware of exactly what is available. I think there could be a deeper uh, um, collaboration with different departments within the city. I, it was very difficult for us to find production space. And because of singly, because of Sophia and Mani, we were able to use the basement of Davies Symphony Hall, where we were down below in Zellerbach. It was, and it was berbatable. So it was a win-win and it was right where we were shooting at the ballet. And, the, and had that not happened, it would have been extremely expensive. So when you're talking about margins of a free office space versus $10,000, that's how small a budget we're looking at. Mm -hmm. And I think more people need to know that. I applaud Monty and her team for being at places like Sundance and at festivals where most of us independent filmmakers mingle and we when we look at different places. Um, so there's that. I think there's a bigger issue that you are fighting against and that's state tax credits and incentives that you just can't compete with. You're looking at Georgia, 
New Mexico, New York, Vancouver. Mm -hmm. At one point, my previous film was shot here as well, Fairyland, and we were pitched as a film about San Francisco in the 70s, and people were trying to get us to shoot at New Zealand or Vancouver, which was, we ended up shooting here. Um, and so it's difficult when you're, and even our own California tax credit incentive, it's hard to, so I don't know how else there's, maybe we need to get creative and look at um, the real estate, at hospitality in San Francisco, uh, um, Kelly mentioned restaurants. I think at one point back in the day when I was first starting to work, there was a list of vendors that gave you a rebate. Yeah. Um, it's something to think about. Um, this is something kind of a little bit outside the box, but um, majority of my crew lives in Oakland. They can no longer afford to live in San Francisco, so it would make sense to shoot there as well. Maybe there's some sort of um, co-county mm. rebate that you're looking at that encourages um, films to shoot not just in San Francisco because we are seven by seven, but also Marin County, Contra Costa County, involved the airport. Um, I think the big thing is housing also. I know housing is an issue within San Francisco, and as I mentioned, there are issues with the film community that aren't just condensed to film. It, it applies to other issues of San Francisco, but housing is a situation that was extremely expensive when we have film stars that we had of that caliber looking for housing when we have some distant hires or day players. So housing is an issue. But um, I think the biggest thing is to is to continue to promote yourself. I think it's amazing. And, and even Jessica said I had she's native. I had no idea that this was such a great rebate program. So I think we continue to to give the film commission some money and, and, and promote them, you know, to give them the platform to. to and I, I'm, I'm here to say that this was a success story and I'm happy to continue to to um, speak your praises. Amen, sister. Thank you. Thank you. We we need that. Appreciate that. Um, opening it up for commissioner comment on the side. Just did you well, go ahead, Commissioner? Shannon. I just wanted to know. You said you shot in eighteen locations, and you mentioned a, a few of the big ones like De Young or whatever. What were some of the? Uh, I'm just curious. Some of the smaller locations. Yeah. That, uh, well, we shot at the Holiday Inn on Civic. On Vaness, um, we also were at a private residence on Green Street. We were at a motel on Lombard Street. Um, where else were we? Wild Seed Beretta. Wild Seed Beretta. Both great restaurants, by the way. Mission Prep Academy. Mission Prep Academy. There was a toy boat out in on the Richmond. We were also at the Plowing Stars. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. The port. Also, sorry, we brought we yeah. the port of San Francisco. Where was the, oh, the port? Part office, yeah. I mean, there's just a variety of places in this city, and they're all so wonderful and, and beautiful. It's like you just want to promote all of them. And so finding a place here in San Francisco to film, like you can find just about anything that, that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And what helped with the neighborhood concerns? Um, so with the neighborhood concerns, we always distribute, distribute a letter saying, hey, we're going to be coming and filming on this specific date within these times and whatnot. If you have any questions or concerns, please feel free to call us. Usually it's my number or someone within my department, and we are always on call, ready to answer any kind of questions, concerns, sometimes praises. We always like those. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yes, we are always available to the community. Usually it's by the letters that we send out. Um, there's always somebody on our set that is willing to open questions, um, diffuse any kind of situation. Um, but we are always available to to the neighborhoods and to the commissions, any businesses, anyone who has any any kind of whatever they want to talk to us about. So appreciate yeah. that. Um, go ahead. Yes, Commissioner oh. Rubin. How, how big was your crew? About 40 people. 
40? 40 to 45. Yeah. Yeah. Did you shoot with video or mm -hmm. like red cameras? From a local video shop, video facts. I'll give a shout out to them as well. I was just wondering how you moved around so quickly. If that's a lot, seems like a lot of locations like that. It seems we had one camera, so that was good. It was always stationary. Um, and if we did a dolly track, it was always very short. But working with one camera makes us very mobile. One camera. Yeah. That is mobile. Yeah. yeah. Sure. No safety concerns. No, the only safety concern we had was unfortunately on our last day, our last setup. Our last shot, we had a smash and grab, and one of our crew members had her backpack with her computer stolen. Oh no! Yeah. So literally, it's you know the last run of the day when you tear your ACL. It was one of those situations. So um, we, you know, I, it was really unfortunate, but we had no injuries, no no. It was it was fantastic. Um, no COVID, which is on the rise again. Um, we moved around a lot. We had no car incidents, so we were really happy. Um, I do want to add, I forgot to give a shout out to Commissioner Beaumont, who was extremely helpful with um, our contracts with Local 16. I think sometimes there's a mutual hesitation from independent film producers and the unions that there is a fear that we can't extend an olive branch and work together. And Jim was fantastic from the beginning to help us facilitate that. And we had an incredible crew. And again, we shot under budget and on time. So thank you. And I just want to add that um, Sophia worked on this production with you closely, and she started in May in our office. And by what was it, July? Well, no, she, May twenty eighth was our first meeting. So I think she was her, like she yeah, was okay. like two so, days. I think you it was your first. So week. Yeah. let me just. I mean, and she worked on this was a major rebated project and facilitated all the aspects of working on this with. Um, you know, some guidance for me, not too much, but um, I just want to say that, you know, thank you. I mean, this wasn't like you said, because of the strike, we didn't have a lot of prep time. And so you were coming to us with such tight turnaround and we really wanted to say yes to everything and obviously and made it happen, yeah, those are great. but that meant Sophia had to really take on a significant amount of work in a short time period. So I really commend her for um, shepherding your projects. Nice. I mean, it was really her that did that. Go team. Excellent. Um, we have had you standing there for quite a while. Any other commissioner comments? We, real quick, we should just put a wall of your movie poster when it comes out. Yes. The success story, slap it. There's a visual that, yes, we will make it happen. Yes, we can. We're going to do it and just visualize because that's one, that's a win. Um, and it's a great story. So that thank you for sharing all that. Thanks for having us. No, seriously, we yeah. made it without the committee. Appreciate it. Thank you thank for all you your work. Kelly um, Bacon. Yes, any place we could have her display, like it may be at the yeah. airport. This is that's the story. We're trying. That we're trying. Yes. Yeah, big yes. premiere party. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, I do want to open this up for public comment before we move to the next agenda item. So public mem members here, if you want to say something, please stand up and come to the podium. Otherwise, let's do check on the online public audience. Please um, press the hand icon and or dial star three. There's no public comment online. Thank you so much. The so public comment is now closed. Again, thank you so much, both of you, for Thanks being for having here. Us. Thank you. It really is a delight to hear you in person, Megan and Kelly. 
All right, let us move on to the next item. Moving on to item five, president's report. Oh my goodness, it's the president's report. How do I follow that act? It's gonna be impossible. Yes. Can't, can't, can't. Um, two main things to just go through. Um, one is talking about the upcoming elections in December, 2023. And we did wanna just talk about succession planning. Wanna say, I'm not going anywhere. Matt is not going anywhere unless you want us to go someplace. Um, I just, I just want to say, if you haven't noticed already in the last, wow, Money J, has it been? One year. One year, right? Um, from even from interim executive director, but with this big change, if you haven't noticed, there has been a huge shift in the relationship between the Film SF office and the commission. And I do know, having been around, I was appointed by Mayor Newsom back in 2010. So I've actually witnessed two other executive directors. And I have also noticed from day one, it took me a long time and I know we're just meeting, um, but when I joined the commission, it really felt like there was no handbook, there wasn't that much guidance and nobody actually told me what our role was supposed to be. So over time, and then this person showed up, um, you know, found somebody who really understood. And just as the commission began to grow and change, Commissioner Beaumont came, I mean, has been around. Uh, I talk about the OG, Commissioner Rubin um, has been around. And of course, um, Commissioner Cla Cheng and Delorio, like your, your known folks and um, Commissioner Fint, Commissioner Tyler just joined us, and thank you, Kate, for joining us. So as we have grown, and we know Commissioner Song is here, um, this is a really important moment for the evolution of our commission. So to say and to acknowledge this big shift, it has gone from like rubber stamping, kind of sitting at a meeting and just listening to really being active. Um, so since being president and with my co-buddy here, Vice President Steiker, um, I was able to be president in about 2016. That was a long time ago, it feels like. But talk about moving the boulder up the hill very, very, very slowly. It took a lot to get the leadership to really think about the commission's role on a strategy level, on a priorities level, on a networking relationship building level. And together in 2016, we actually started our first um, retreat to actually get the commissioners to get to know each other. There were people on the commission I didn't even know, and we just showed up for an hour-long meeting <laughs> once a month. And that's if the meeting wasn't canceled, right? So as the doers behind the scenes, it's been a lift to really change what we could. And now with Manije here, it's just perfect time for us to really collectively um, work together. It is a unified collaborative effort that we've been working toward and we're here. The reason why I wanted to talk about this in terms of election, so back to it is something according to our bylaws, all we really have on our bylaws is that it says the, the commission will elect a president and a vice president every year in December. There are no job descriptions. There's no anything uh, that tells you what the role is. And every year in my capacity as chair, as I bring this up, I know we have might have had separate conversations. However, it's also 
we both have said, I know if people think we're just going to do the job, then it's easy to go. Yeah, sure. You're doing okay. Just keep going. I hope you think I'm doing better than okay. Um, and vice president Syker, but we both wanted to have a moment with you because we had a very concrete, honest conversation conversation with Manijay also. Again, we don't need to go anywhere. I am totally committed to continue to serve in this chair, but it is important, as you can see, in this time of unsettling, the world is changing so quickly, quickly. We need structure, we need consistency, we need a collaborative group. And I do feel like this is the most collaborative roll up your sleeves group I have ever worked with. So to commend you, this is a moment and this is why I'm bringing this up in October that we are to say, if you are thinking at all about leadership and to take this beautiful chair right in the middle or by the side, or actually, Matt, you were supposed to sit hey, over hey, there. Hey, no. um, <laughs> yes, you are. If at all you're thinking about an officer position, um, this is the moment to have the conversation. Again, it doesn't need to be next year, but we do want to create a succession plan. That does mean it's everything from continuing to really guide our priorities. We already know we have soundstage, mer neighborhood merchant association relationships, relationships with festivals, nonprofits, with the unions, um, relationships with commercial producers, as well as independent filmmakers. There's a lot, the annual report, marketing, branding, stories, the journalism, we're grant makers. There is a lot that this commission does, small and mighty, as Lauren has said. So there's a lot to lead and a lot of detail to also learn. Not that I do this alone, we do do this together. So to say, as we think about election for December, I, we have a request and I'll, I'll give you the mic in a second too. If you are truly thinking, yeah, right, maybe not, Tony. Um, <laughs> if you are truly thinking about leadership, and I made a promise to Commissioner Chang many, many years ago about this, and it's like, what are you going to do about it? Well, we're going to make this now part of the agenda item and to say this aloud. If you are thinking about leadership, please, please, please come talk to us, right? Talk to me, talk to Mani Jay. Um, I am making a commitment to also speak with every one of you together with Mani Jay. Um, to just talk about what your role is to the extent you might be newer. I'm just getting to meet you um, or you're so seasoned and you're already doing the work. Caroline, how many meetings have you set up already? And Commissioner Fenn, really, right? Um, whatever, wherever you are on the commission right now, I feel like it's important for all of us to just get on the same page. As we know, we've got the October meeting coming up. We've got a November retreat. And then we have the December election. So there are not that many meetings coming up. Um, so to say, if you are interested, please let us know by October 20th. Are we paying attention? There is a deadline, October 20th. If you are interested in leadership, that may not mean you're gonna start next year. It could mean um, you're willing to learn and be more involved. And therefore, that does mean um, both Commissioner Steiker and I are also willing to mentor and to train. I'm hearing voices. Me too. Yes. So, are you good? I this see. It was move. not uh, uh, a reference to what oh, you're talking okay. about. Okay. The air filter. Was Got you. It's in your in, in your my eyes. eyes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for making the I'm change. I'm also not crying because of what you're saying. Okay. I'm glad. Okay. Um, you're not. It is moving. 
so sad. Um, no. So if you could let us know by October 20th, basically before the next meeting, I will make this an agenda item just as a follow up to say, here's what happened with these conversations during this time. Also, my other request is if you do work with another commission, we are putting the feelers out for other commissions that are great commissions that maybe already have job descriptions and these roles and an infrastructure that works or a succession planning kind of element. So we're also doing the research behind the scenes. Okay. Interested in leadership by October 20th, please. Let's have the conversation. We will have a conversation. Um, definitely you, myself, Manije, perhaps commissioner Syker, of course, honoring all sunshine laws and. Um, we are looking at job description and to write this process out. More to come, Commissioner Steiker. Do you want to add anything? Um, yes, and I want to be maybe a bit more overt than you were just okay. about me and my role. Um, I've had conversations with a number of commissioners over the last couple of years as we have approached elections and in each one of those conversations i feel like what i've heard back has basically been hey we're very happy with you and Vili. if you guys want to continue then we're happy to have you continue and and i've been more than happy to continue i feel like i'm at a place now where i am happy to step aside if that makes sense i have a good friend who started a non nonprofit not even maybe a nonprofit, but an organization that's essentially called give up your board seat. And it's primarily directed at, um, for lack of a better way to say it, I don't know that there is a better way to say it, straight white males. It's an opportunity for straight white males to give up their seat to people who don't always have their voices heard. And so I, I just want to let the commission know that I am fully prepared and happy and ready to step aside. Should anyone be interested in stepping up and stepping in, by all means, I'm happy to do it. I would serve the rest of my term with this one. Um, and I can't say enough about her, um, at her leadership, her friendship, um, her collegiality, her everything. Um, I would continue to do that forever. But I really do feel like it is time for me to step aside and so I just want to invite everybody else to step into that space and know that that's not me hanging on to this anymore. I'm ready to release. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. It's been wonderful to serve with you. That's that's a big one. Wasn't sure if it was going to happen at this moment, but here we are. Um, so there is a vice president position that said there could be a president commit uh, position as well. Seriously, I'm happy to mentor from the side. Um, but we are very serious, most importantly, to support this incredible Film SF team. Um, Mark, Sophia, um, Manige, who's here, Ish, um, and whomever else we can bring on, because as you can see, they, we do make a difference in this community, and we are all really, really passionate about it. So thank you so much uh, for listening to that and welcome any input on the process. Um, I will say one more thing about retreat and then we'll open up to commissioner comment and public comment. So the retreat announcement is simpler. Um, as I mentioned, we have an October meeting, the November 29th retreat date. If you haven't already, please make sure you allocate the full day, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, to do the retreat. We're getting closer to finding a donated space. Yes, um, which we will announce. 
and we have started talking through some of the priorities and activities that we would like to see happen at the retreat. So certainly stay tuned. Next month in October, we'll have things more fleshed out, working very closely with Manije, with Sophia, with the rest of the team to think about the retreat and what their needs are and how we could fill in. Um, and of course, when I get to talk to you, we could talk more about your role. Um, and then we do want to have homework um, for the retreat so that it really is a roll up your sleeves. We're ready to um, talk about some main topics through that day. Any questions on the retreat or the election? Oh, what is the October date? Thank you, Commissioner Tyler. I believe it is October. 25th. Monday is the usual fourth Monday of the month. So October 23rd is our next meeting. Yes. And then November 29th will be our retreat day. So the fourth Monday, which is right after the Thanksgiving holiday, the 27th will most likely the Monday will be canceled so that we're having the full retreat. And then December will need to be rescheduled. We haven't done that yet because it does fall on Christmas. So we will look at rescheduling um, the December meeting probably for, uh, I would say around December 11th, which I know is close to our retreat time, but that way we could get something in before the holiday, winter holiday frenzy. It would be safe to put that in as a tentative date. Um, if you want to put the tentative date, December 11th, we haven't actually talked about it yet, so we'll come back at you via email. Yeah, we'll have to reschedule January as well. Oh, we so have, we'll, right, right, right. We have a of, couple of January because of Sundance. Okay, didn't want to get into the administrative logistics, but October 23rd is the next meeting. Okay. Commissioner Beaumont. Is the retreat will be open to the public or? Mm -hmm. Correct, yes. Yes, it will be. Could we hold our January retreat in Sundance? Oh, I asking like that for a idea. vote. I'm in. I'm in. I second. I in favor. <laughs> Double I. <laughs> oh, it's not on the agenda officially for a vote. Okay. I love the idea, though. Commissioner, comment on the president's report. Okay. Sorry, it, it sounds like maybe you are going to set up one-on-one -on -one conversations Correct. with each of us. Yes. Okay, so you'll just email us. Yes. Okay, thank you. Other commissioner comment? Sorry, I just missed, so November, no meeting, just the retreat. Though. Correct. Thank you. Okay, uh, opening up for public comment, any um, Hmm. Public comment on this agenda item. Also opening it up to those online. You could dial star three or press the WebEx hand icon. There's no public comment online. Thank you. So public comment for this item is closed and let us move on to item six. Moving on to item six, film SF staff report. You're up. Yay. Um, I'm excited. Thank this was a really incredible meeting so far. So thank you for your patience commissioners for um, hanging tight. I think we have a, a few important things to share with you that um, I want to make sure we talk about. And I really appreciate SAG-AFTRA for being here and Dos Lados team. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for committing to come to every meeting. Thank you so much. For I that. Know. We really appreciate it. 
And also want to thank Commissioner Rubin because in our conversation, it really came to light how important it was to have an update from you, um, SAG-AFTRA. So um, thank you for that, Commissioner Rubin. So a couple things. I want to formally introduce Mark Hogan's to our team um, and to the commission. Um, Mark started in early August and is our new production manager. It's a new role that we have in our office. He will be supporting our efforts in attracting productions to shoot in San Francisco um, and working on revamping our scene in San Francisco rebate program and our film SF savings program, formerly called the vendor discount program. So a lot of his work will be in those areas and so it'll be really crucial um, as we're already seeing so many opportunities for us to really um, showcase our incentive better. So um, that is to come and he's worked with OEWD um, under our um, entire department, but in the workforce side, working in tech and operational solutions, marketing, communications, process development, um, he's worked with organizations and event planning, fundraising, grants, programs, financial management. I'm going to talk really fast because I want to get through everything. Um, he's lived abroad multiple times um, and worked for the federal government initiatives as a ling English language assistant in France and a Peace Park volunteer in Uganda, originally from South, South um, Southern California where he completed BA degrees from USC in political science and French and dual degrees um, in MBA nonprofit management and MA in sustainable international development from Brandeis University. Please um, welcome Mark. Mark, would you like to say any a few words? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> when do we come? Uh, I'm going to have to rethink that bio again. That's a lot. <laughs> um, but thank you all for um, having me today. Thank you all, commissioners. It's nice to see you all. Uh, it's good to see everyone here as well. Um, I just started here a month and I've been able to see all the amazing work that film brings to the city. Uh, I just went to a shoot with our partners over, over at SFMT at our cable car. And I just thought it was going to be a group of like three people. It was a group of like 16, 17 people that came just to do a very, I thought it was a simple shot. Um, so it's very interesting to see just like the amount of energy and partnership and community that it takes to put on a commercial, a film, any sort of, uh, even for still photography in the city. I'm really excited to be able to showcase the work and all the, definitely of uh, all the new folks I've been learning, like the location managers, the producers in the city, um, who are really also promoting the city and all that we do. So thank you for having me. I look yeah. forward to doing some good work with you. Excellent. Thanks, Mark. Welcome, Mark. Welcome, welcome. Um, and we've known Mark for a long time and seen his incredible work that he's done with workforce. So he um I'm excited that he was um, um, um up for this challenge, but not really a challenge for him because I think it's small, small challenge. Um so I just wanted to say a couple other things. Um, two weeks ago, I attended um, a film liaisons in California statewide meeting. So our office is part of Flix, which again is film liaisons in California statewide in San Diego with other city um, liaisons across the state, which is um, a really incredible opportunity for us to talk to other people in our roles in other cities and the, um, the opportunities that they have in their cities, but also challenges and um, really just incredible networking and also just strengthening our relationships across our state to show case right um, entire California and talking about our regional initiatives. Um, 
And I also want to say, so Flix organizes the COLA Awards, which I know I've talked to you all about them. That's the California Location Awards that happened in December. And I'm excited to share that the location team for the independent film Freaky Tales that shot last year in Oakland and in um, a few days in Treasure Island um, is a finalist for Location Team of the Year for the independent feature category. Nice. So um, that location manager was Heather McLean. Kelly Tom was one of the um, key assists. Um, Alex Piercy. So these are all our local crew. Um, Alex Piercy, Kelly Tom, Dan Kemp, Peter Kwan, Rashad Edwards, Trent Hannibal, formerly from Baycat, Eliana Contreras, Edgar Vega, um, Vega um, Galen Wallace, and Angie Fonseca. So I want to um, congratulate them for being a finalist. The awards will be in December in Los Angeles. So hopefully they'll be, bring home that award. So congratulations. We're excited. Um, I also wanted to mention the APEX Summit, as you all have been, hope, you know, probably hearing about, is coming to San Francisco. It's an incredible opportunity for us as a city, um, right? So the APEC is the Asian Pacific Economic Cooperation. Um, um, cooperation. It's an intergovernmental forum that brings like 21 economies from the Asian Pacific um, to collaborate on a shared goal of creating a more resilient, um, sustainable. Um, for this incredible region, right? And so San Francisco will be pretty busy during that time. Um, Mark attended um, a meeting that was with um, cultural organizations, small businesses, um, to sort of talk about what the um, sort of the efforts that are happening around this. So there may be opportunities where we will be plugging in and also showcasing some film aspects of our work. Did you want to? say anything there really quickly yeah uh the apec uh conference really is a good opportunity that the city sees to activate all of its uh employees especially in all of its uh probably commissioners as well and really promote san francisco and its best foot forward i mean i'm sure we know a lot of the information in the news about san francisco right now is very mixed and maybe a little negative and so the city is really seeing this opportunity to sort of flip that that narrative on its head so yeah yeah um, so I just, you know, want to reiterate, there have been a lot of still continued conversations around the soundstage development. Um, I had a great meeting with the Chamber of Commerce, Bay Area Council and City Attorney David Chu, who's made a lot of really incredible introductions to people that are really interested in supporting our efforts. Um, when I went to LA, I um, so when I was in San Diego, I went to LA to have a meeting with um, some folks that may be interested in really supporting our efforts. And so um, there are developers that are interested and I kind of want to just be it a little broad at this moment. I'm happy to talk, dive in because I think we want to see what comes um, to fruition from some of these conversations, but there's definitely a lot of energy um, you know, I think we have to, again, have some internal city conversations about what resources we're bringing. What are those um, incentives look like for somebody that is going to develop? We need to identify and narrow some sites down that would be really viable locations, um, whether it be Treasure Island, what we're looking at at some port property, um, because at, at this point it can be purpose built or we repurpose some locations um, or buildings that could be viable. but. Um, there is this energy of people that really want to be behind the reshaping of our story and really see that 
um, film and uh, where we're heading is part of that story and part of reshaping that. So um, I'm, I'm happy to sort of talk offline with where things are at, but um, they're moving in a, in a good direction that hopefully I'll have some more concrete updates, but um, there's just, you know, uh, a lot um, to think about there and to move forward. I um, also want to let this um, Thursday, um, I'm presenting an award um, at the Real Story Celebration and Awards that um, is going to be held at KQED. So Real Stories is celebrating 10 years of programming to uplift women and gender expansive filmmakers in the Bay Area. So I'm going to present an award for a trailblazer documentary film. So it is happening on Thursday from 6 to 8 at KQED. If anybody's interested um, and joining me, I'd love to see you there. There is a lot of stuff happening that Thursday night that we will, um, Sophia's going to mention a couple of things. Um, I just wanted to give right now an opportunity for Carolyn and Franco to talk a little bit about some of the um, things that they have been working on or they've been participating in, especially Franco had a really incredible visit and trip to Manila and, and share a little bit about what he did, uh, strengthening our sister city relationship there. I guess I'll you can go first and then Carolyn can go after. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll keep it brief, but it was uh, an epic trip um, of just every proportion for me. Uh, being Filipino-American and um, coming to the motherland, if you will, uh, for really the main purpose was to host FIBA World Cup Basketball 2023. As many of you know, I've been a longtime hype man MC for the Golden State Warriors here at home, and I had an opportunity to be at the global stage and got invited, um, and it was the most amazing experience of, of my lifetime, kind of one of my gold stamps in my 20-plus year career doing what I've been doing, but of course, I managed to squeeze in some time since, uh, you know, I'm, I've got to just see what I can do while I'm out there and realize that Manila is one of our sister cities. And so I met, um, had one meeting uh, out there, which was amazing, uh, with the um, Film Development Council of the Philippines. Um, and it was wonderful. I went to the office um, and I had a meeting set up with uh, their uh, executive director, which um, I didn't realize was a very, very, very famous actor for like 50 plus decades. Like he is like one of the number one actors has been in decades. Yeah, he said, cause I looked at him, I was sitting with him just like a, a normal one-on-one -on -one meeting, gave him a film, you know, film mess of hat. It was awesome. Uh, we exchanged some gifts and, um, and then I said, gosh, you look very familiar. And I'm talking about films that my mom used to watch back in the Philippines in the sixties that I would watch, you know, growing up and we should replay it. But he's also in some other films that were shot uh, all around. He's, he's a working actor, but he's also appointed by the president of the Philippines to head up this new film, uh, to help uh, to head up the film development council. So he's, he's new in his role. And so it was kind of like one of those moments, but it was wonderful. Had a great conversation. His daughter's a big warrior fan. He wants to come back here to the States. He does come to California quite a bit. He does some projects here and there. Um, aside from the Philippines, but now he's in this role. And so he's thinking broader and bigger, uh, especially for the for Philippines. And, and, and it's beautiful. Let me just tell you, it, it, there are some locations there that are just untouched. Um, there are celebrities that go there from Tom Cruise to a lot uh, J-Lo for vacation. Um, it, Philippines is going through a big tourism uh, thing right now and hashtag love the Philippines. So if you ever get a chance to go, Manila is obviously a crazy city. 
Uh, all the traffic is real. It's every, it's wild, but then there's the beautiful islands all surrounding it. But what I did enjoy with this conversation is, um, you know, they're also finding ways to, you know, get people to film in the Philippines, right? These, these really wonderful locations that we shared kind of what they do. And I shared a little bit of what I knew with them as well. And, and uh, they have a huge film festival called the, oh, there's photos. So that's, oh my gosh, there are photos. Um, there was, there's a big Manila film festival. It's their largest, biggest film festival in Manila. It's been going probably 30 plus years. It takes over the town. And let me tell you, when they celebrate, they celebrate big out there. Christmas is starting now. It's Christmas is September, no joke, through January. It is a probably a half year long celebration. So when they celebrate things, they go big. And so film is big there. They have movies galore. Uh, there's so many teledramas and comedies and everything. It's it's really amazing. And so there's a thick picture there. Terso Cruz III. It's a very unique name. Terso Cruz III. If you look him up, he has got a long set of films. Uh, he was so humble about it too, which is amazing. But Here's the thing I got it out of this. They want to do this film festival somewhere in the States for the first time ever in their 30 years because they want to branch out. They want to showcase the films that they do uh, and, you know, keep the film community alive. And so, of course, I had to make the pitch. I said, well, San Francisco has a lot of Filipinos, including myself. I will do whatever it takes. Let's bring it here. Let's get a little taste of, of, of the, you know, the film business from there and let's figure out some way. And they said, oh, yes, okay. As long as I can get them into a Warriors game, I think I've got it uh, sealed and delivered, uh, which I can do very easily. So that was an amazing trip. It was uh, awesome just to create this bond. So we do have friends in the Philippines, in Manila in particular, um, and they're here to support however we want to. So we have friends. Yay. Thanks for, that's yeah. awesome. Thanks so not, much. It was Frank. awesome. Thank you. I love that. Appreciate that. And Carolyn, do you want to talk about briefly our meeting with Yes, yeah, so you see the picture there on the screen. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, PR whiz, Lee Housekeeper, invited uh, me and Monty to join uh, with him and uh, Dumb Mayor Willie Brown. The special guest was Tony Amatulo. Many of you maybe know him. He's a director and a producer out of New York. Um, he is famous for... Um, well, one of his things is Two Days in the Valley. He was executive producer of that. He was part of a Peabody um, award-winning team for having our say, the Delaney sisters, about the um, civil rights activists who are over 100 years old. Um, so they won a Peabody for that. The point is he now has a project that he is, um, it's just in the formative um, stages uh that he would like to maybe bring to san francisco he was asking us about the rebate the rebate and uh this is a um project based on uh elaine black yoneda have you heard of her before she was a um, russian jewish immigrant um labor activist uh civil rights advocate who married a um, Japanese-American man during, uh, well, right before World War II. And when he and their son were rounded up to go into the concentration slash internment camp, um, she insisted on going with them. And so he is trying to do her story. And it would be great knowing the success story that you two have told us about um, your film. Maybe that will 
convince him that yes, our rebate program would be worthwhile. We did not go that far into the discussion because of the ongoing at that time. Well, I guess it's still, although there's the tentative agreement, but um, the writer strike and um, the actor strike. So, uh, but he is interested and uh, he's an interesting guy. And mm -hmm. I thought that was a great opportunity for us to um, try to promote San Francisco and, and let him know about that. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to mention a couple of other things that are, are coming up. Um, one is October 1st at the Brava Theater. It is the short by Misty Copeland. It's called Flower. And um, I've been on the board of Lions Ballet and she is dancing with uh, one of his principal dancers, Baba Tunji. And um, I think that's, I'm, I'm going to that. That's going to be fantastic. And then someone here is on the board of the Roxy um, on October 4th. There's a film on uh, one of the first black supermodels. Her name is Pat Cleveland and designer Stephen Burroughs. It's called The Girl from 7th Avenue. The director is Antonio Contreras. And um, it's October 4th. I'm going to moderate and do the Q&A after the, the film. So those are, yeah, those are a couple of things that are, are coming up. So it'd be great if the thing with Tony uh, comes to yeah. fruition. We'll have to stay in touch with him. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. I That's love fun. seeing our commissioners out and about and connecting. This is great. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And then um, Sophia's going to have a few things and then Black Productions has. So let's, we can move through yes. that quick. And Carolyn, we can share that on social media. Um, okay, so if you look on screen, uh, Floating Flicks is back. The Roxy is partnering with Red and White Fleet for uh, a sailing movie theater next month. Um, and we are so excited to be a partner for two out of four films that they are uh, presenting. So we are going to sponsor two screenings of The Rock and two screenings of so i married an axe murderer um and we will email you all since we have a code but wanted to share that we're partnering uh and it's very exciting it's on an electric cruise ship so sound yes, is not an issue hope to see you there uh and then um speaking of this thursday Monty, uh, it is hispanic heritage month and the 15th latino film festival cinemas is back and so their opening night film and party is thursday september 28th and the festival itself runs through the 15th of October. So um, check it out online or ask us. We can also share a link via email. Moving right along. You want to go back one slide? We also wanted to share that uh, last month, Monty and I went to BAMS. That's the Bay Area Media Maker Summit. Uh, this is in Oakland. This is an entirely volunteer-led amazing initiative. Uh, we were there tabling at their festival and funder fair, uh, sharing information, as you can see, by our little sign there on our scene in San Francisco rebate program. Um, so that was amazing to just sort of, yeah, share space with and, and get to know a lot of the community here. Um, and they're now asking for our help distributing a survey. Um, so you'll see that on our social media as well. And then <laughs> two more announcements from me. Um, Billy mentioned the annual report. We have kicked off this process, thanks in large part to uh, Vice President Steiker and Commissioner Song. Um, we're moving up our date a bit this year, so we're going to aim to release and publish our annual report this upcoming January. Um, so we will be asking all of you for photographs from fun film events that you went to uh, in fiscal year 22-23, 
We'll also ask the Dos Lados team and possibly our friends at SAG as well. Um, so just know that that is happening behind the scenes. And then last but not least, we are sponsoring this year's Mill Valley Film Festival, which runs October 5th through the 15th. Um, and we will also send an email to you all about that. Um, we do have tickets uh, and um, we'll be using that event to also further market and promote our scene in San Francisco rebate program. I think that's it. Yeah. And there's a filmmaker brunch that happens um, on the 8th and the 15th in Mill Valley that um, one Sophia's going to go to, one is I'm. And if anybody's able to attend with us to help speak with filmmakers, we would love that. And then again, there's other screenings that will be happening through the time. And I'm looking at, again, certain people that may be familiar with that region. <laughs> um, Mark, do you really want really to just talk about production stats of where we're at? And then we can close. Excuse me. Um, so for our production stats, looking at um, the start of the fiscal year up to date, um, for the 22 year, uh, we had a number of productions. We have a total of 68. Uh, for 2023, we have 47. Um, and then 2022, for the number of shoot days, we have 158. Uh, currently, we have 114. And with um, estimated production spend right now, uh, we have $5.6 million in the 22, year 2022, and then $3.2 million in year 2023. Um, one of the main differences, we have um, two major features that filmed here in 2022. Or in sorry, in 2023. Um, yes. uh, the, we had two extra uh, features that filmed last year, which uh, benefited from the rebate program. Um, I think those helped with this year's numbers. So this is actually inclusive of Dos Lados and another feature that 2023, which, which you could see seems counter because you're like oh but it's we're talking about how production is going slow you're seeing the numbers so these 47 number of productions is inclusive of two independent films that actually used our rebate during this time so it's helped our numbers but we can see that the impact of i think the economy and um what is happening in the industry is um, affecting production activity in san francisco when you talk about the economy, sorry, excuse me, just I think people are conservative in some of their marketing spend, oh. right? And I mean, we have commercials that are shooting corporate shoots, but um, I think also summer tends summer's a little unpredictable, right? If you're going to have a lot of production activity or not, it, it really just depends. Um, but again, I think this is. Um, we actually had a little bit of a busy July, August because of the two features that we're filming here. Otherwise, I think it could be a different story. Okay. Were there were there productions that canceled so that maybe we have a sense of what these months might have been like absent the strike? Um, there's not ones that officially canceled because they didn't start pre-production, you know, so I know that there were, um, even if we look at the California state tax credit, right, productions that were awarded and that were going to be set in San Francisco, they just, um, they've been on hold because of since last year, right? Um, so I think there's, yeah, 
like our phones, you know, yeah, people have not been reaching out because the projects aren't greenlit, right? Either writing and or performance. So we see that and DD can probably speak to it as well. So um yeah, that's it's not so much canceled. I there's they're on hold. Sure. Yeah. So it's not possible to say what I was hoping we could yeah. I mean out, I would which is which is, you know, other periods of time we've looked and what's the impact of the pandemic or what's the impact of whatever we want to call this economic yeah. climate. Um, we can't say really. I would say it's both, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're looking, if we're looking at what this year is as compared to previous years, we're in our, um, it's, we're in the lowest period that we've had. Mm -hmm. So I think the factors are the, how, the, the fact the strike that bigger productions aren't here as this time, we've been able to work with independent films. And I think it's when we look at, you know, um, commercial shoots, I think they're down. They're not, you know, I think that's been impacting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 As you look across all the different types of shoots that we get, is it commercials that are sort of the most down or? Um, we'll have down? to look at the, yeah, okay. the data, okay. right? I mean, I think it's, and again, because you don't know if it's commercial or web content. I mean, people, how they sure. classify some of their shoots. Yep. I mean, we still getting, um, you know, we still have, we had a couple car commercial shoots. We had um, some still photography shoots. So we're still seeing commercial, you know, production activity here. I just think it's interesting to see this period of time for the past like year or two that things are, you know, they're different. Yeah. And I understand that <clears throat> it's okay for the commercials to shoot at this point. There's no strike against them, correctly. Yes. Right. And then, so they have been going on, but it's, uh, it's just a motion picture and television, but we haven't had any of that really scheduled here over the past few years, right? They just come into town for a week or two, right? So it's been pretty slow throughout the years. Is there somebody basing here? Basing yes. here, a television book show basing here. Yep. Thank you, team. Any other items for your report? Nope. Okay. Thank you so much. And thank you, Commissioner Finn and Tyler, for your work behind the scenes and everybody else. Um, thank you for that. Um, okay. Any other commissioner comment on this agenda item? Uh, opening it up to public comment. Any public item on this agenda item? Uh, just to address your last question, I'll give a very truncated version in the interest of time um, for SAG-AFTRA hires. Um, to date for this uh, for the third quarter, um, it's been 36 hires of members compared to 92 last year for third quarter last year in commercials. Um, for corporate, there's was one member hire compared to six. This time last year, um, 18 uh, members have been hired for video games compared to four members last year. And um, for to be theatrical, 59 hires for the third quarter of this year compared to 123 hires this, uh, for the third quarter last year. So if that gives a brief context. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you. Thanks for always having those stats on hand. Great to hear. 
Um, I, I think it's safe to say that we are all feeling it from many directions. So the numbers reflect that, but I'm also seeing interest um, at the same time. So I feel like it's um, the numbers tell one part of the story. So do keep the relationships and the conversations going uh, for those who are in the game and really um, working toward it. So uh, thank you very much, team. Um, other public comment. And online, you can dial star three or press the hand icon to put, be put into the queue. There's no public comment online. Okay, thank you. Um, then public comment for this item is closed. Let us move on to item number seven. Moving on to item seven, announcements and resource sharing. Um, this is a moment for commissioners to bring any announcements or resource sharing to the meeting. I know some dates were already mentioned. Any other commissioner comment on this item? I don't see any, and this is a moment for public comment as well. Any public comment with announcements or resource sharing? And anyone online? No online public comment. Thank you so much. This last item, general, oh, go ahead, sorry. You're supposed to announce it, Sophia. Okay, moving, <laughs> moving on to item A, general public comment. Yes, for this last item, any public comment um, on any uh, matters regarding the commission's purview? Uh, very briefly, um, Frank Simeon with the Directors Guild of America. And uh, recently we have started having uh, our Director Guild of, Ame of America meetings in person which is wonderful because it's always been Zoom up until recently. So um, we've had these uh, meetings where there have been 30, 35 of our members from Northern California in attendance. Um, but what's um, a little shocking about it having to do with the strike and everything is um, out of that 35 people say one or two might have the possibility of work and it's always it seems work in Los Angeles or Atlanta. So that was a little sobering to um, to see our colleagues in that situation, but I know where they're coming from. Um, there was some DGA work, thank goodness, uh, with the uh, London Foreign Press. Uh, that was great to see people out there working again. And let's see, what was the other thing I wanted to um, Oh, and some of our colleagues did mention at the last meeting that they are in touch with people out of Los Angeles that are involved with the interim agreement with SAG to bring features to San Francisco. So we're waiting for them to finish up signing off on the interim agreement so those shows can come to San Francisco. Um, of the projects, one is totally based in San Francisco, the other is partially based in San Francisco. So that would be a wonderful thing to have happen there in their larger budget projects. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Any other public comment? No public comment online. Thank you. Then public comment for this item is closed and moving on to item number nine. Moving on to item nine, adjournment. A full meeting, everybody. Thank you for coming on time, starting on time, staying. Um, as we say, it's the lead Forza. Um, stay together, take care of yourselves as we're fighting the fight and doing amazing storytelling. So do take care. See you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thank this meeting is officially adjourned. Thank you.